What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Lang the Points, brought to you by my book. My name is Matt LaMarca. You can find me on Twitter at Matt LaMarca. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Kyle, we made it. Super Bowl is just a few days away. This is going to be our last show of the NFL season. What's going on, man? Yeah, it was nice. We have like uh, two weeks to prepare a, a massive amount of props to talk about. And uh, by two weeks, I mean uh, we're recording this at ten at night. So I don't know, twelve hours uh, since I since I got up and just started doing this at work instead of my job. But uh, you know, the extra time, although not mattering, is a lot of fun to get into the Super Bowl props. And also, I mean, if, I, if for casual betters in terms of uh, like the weird markets, this has got to be one of the best days of the year. Ah, oh, I have seen some just crazy, crazy props out there. We'll talk about some, but like. I posted on Twitter, there's a prop on my bookie right now, like, will an NFL player get caught with a prostitute? Um, there's a prop about will Demi Lovato re-enter rehab uh, within <laughs> 30 days of the Super Bowl? It is legitimately insane. Over-under. things that you can bet on. There's an over-under half of, uh, like, half a girl. Half a girl will come out to have slept with Jimmy Garoppolo this week. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there's some good ones. And then, you know, there are some cross-sport props. Like, if you love to bet, this literally is, I was going to say the Super Bowl, but yeah, it's the <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, this is the day. This That's is, great. This is the Super Bowl of betting. That's incredible. Yes, absolutely. Uh, before we get into the show, I want to remind you guys about the 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass. Uh, sign up using the podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast, grab a 10% discount to a subscription. And even though the NFL season is technically coming to an end, we all know that fantasy football is a 12 month a year sport now, baby. So get ready for, you know, a big off season. We've got the draft coming up, free agency. You know, there's going to be tons of stuff. You want to start doing your homework early. So um, hop over to rotoviz.com slash podcast and get yourself a 10% discount to an NFL subscription. All right, let's talk some Super Bowl trends. Uh, this is all since 2003. So we're looking at uh, 16 years of data here, but underdogs have gone 10 and 16 against the spread in the Super Bowl since 2003. Uh, public teams getting at least 51% of the betting tickets, 9 and 7 against the spread. Uh, the NFC is 9-7, and seven, you know, for whatever that's worth. Uh, I don't think it's worth anything, but just figured I'd throw it out there. And then uh, this one I kind of like. Teams that have had the line move against them by at least one point. 6-4 and four against the spread in the Super Bowl since 2003, but 44-32-1 in the postseason overall. So that's a pretty good little sample size there, and... The Chiefs do fit that trend. You know, this opened up as a as a pick for the most part. And now Kansas City is favored by either a point or a point and a half, depending on where you're looking. So the spread has moved against them by at least one point. Um, so they would fit that trend here. And uh, I think that that's something to consider. Now, as for the game itself, I just mentioned Kansas City favored by a point and a half. And the total on this game continues to rise like a helium balloon. It's 54 and a half. Some places I've even seen it at 55. So uh, a lot of points expected to be scored. Both of these teams are, are averaging like 29 points per game, I think, in the postseason. So that's the reason for it. And of course, the kickoff will be Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time in the beautiful state of Florida. Uh, Kyle, 
Give me some thoughts on this game. What are some of the things you're looking at when you're handicapping this? And then, you know, ultimately we'll get into your pick. Yeah, so I think for me, uh, one, I don't, uh, I wouldn't feel nearly as strongly about this game as any others because I do think some of the edges we find, uh, like I think a lot of the edges we find are generally in being uh, like early to the party on certain teams in terms of how good or bad they are. I think that's why, uh, like as we get to like two to three weeks in, we really hit our stride as we were able to make assessments and be ahead of the market. And in this place, I think the I think the market is pretty correct in that I think. The Chiefs are the better team, and I think it's very marginal in this case that they are the better team. Uh, the total, and I guess the biggest thing for me in this game is not picking uh, who I think is going to, like, I, I don't have any strong opinion, haven't been grinding the film on Kansas City. It would just be playing the markets again, and for me that kind of leans to, like you said, something uh, like that I find very pressing as well. You said this is one of your favorite trends you talked about. I do as well, that when the, the spread moves against a team, that's uh, an interesting trend. And I do think we've seen so much movement on this total, especially I would wait. I think we're going to get even more like you get a lot of your public money like day of the Super Bowl. So Absolutely. I think so I think this line will and, and the public is just all about the points in this game. So I think uh, like the, the betting spread hasn't been too crazy on like I think the Chiefs era have like 50 some percent, 59 percent of the bets. I think last time I checked something like that. No, nothing crazy. But man, the the money on the over is insane, and you can tell by it coming up uh, at some books. It opened at like fifty one. Uh, I don't know what it opened at my bookie, but like up three to four points, depending on your book and where they open and where they're at right now. That is almost certainly going to go up uh, as of Super Bowl morning. So if you're looking to bet, I would be looking to wait, especially if you're looking on the under, which I would be. Uh, fifty four and a half feels about right. Once it hits fifty five, fifty five and a half, I'd be leaning towards the under. And if it goes up even more than that, yeah, I think Super Bowl morning will be a very interesting time to bet this total. And the spread, I don't think there's going to be a ton of movement. If there were, I would say maybe the Chiefs get another, I don't know, half. I don't think there's going to be much movement on that. So Super Bowl morning, I will be eyeing up the under big time. Yeah, I agree. Like, this is still being played in an outdoor stadium. You know, it's going to be at night. And the biggest concern is there is some wind in the forecast. Uh, obviously we are still a few days out, but the latest forecast that I saw called for like 12 mile an hour winds. I mean, that's not crazy by any stretch, but that is something, you know, like outdoor playoff games with wind, historically very, very good, uh, under bets. So I agree this total is going to continue to go up, you know, right now. Uh, you know, 83% of the money, 77% of the bets have come in on the over. So definitely seems like this line, if anything, is going to keep going up. Uh, and I agree that I will probably look to take an under on that game once, uh, you know, we get closer to kickoff and we know some more things about the weather and, and maybe get another point or so of value. So uh, I think the total, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. The game is interesting to me, right? Because these are teams that are like polar opposites. You know, the Chiefs have been super pass heavy during the postseason. And, you know, part of that is the fact that they've put themselves in the hole in each of their last two playoff games. But part of it is that they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So uh, obviously with that guy at QB, you're going to want to throw the ball. And then San Francisco has ran the ball on something like 75% of their plays in the postseason. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this game matches up. You know, Kansas City has been better defensively over the second half of the season, but they do still struggle against the run. Now, I know they shut down the Titans run game last week, but to me, the Titans run game and the 49ers run game are like completely different. You know, Tennessee is a uh, a power running team, you know, wham Derrick Henry into you 25 times a game and try to wear you out. San Francisco is more of a speed-based team as a running style. Like, they uh, motion on the highest percentage of running plays in the league. Like, it's as far as a running game goes, I feel like it's a complex one. So, I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to shut them down the same way that, that Tennessee did. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on on the run game, uh, particular for the 49ers against the Chiefs defense here. Yeah, I do agree that the way Tennessee runs the ball is the old smash mouth. I think, I guess, like, 
if there are teams that were going to do that better, yeah, I mean, any team with Derrick Henry is going to do that better. But is that even like, not only do we know that running the ball as extensively as they did is not the optimal way to play, like the, the pass is clearly the way to move the ball better, but also the way they run the ball. Like you said, like uh, the, the San Francisco blocking schemes and the way they use motion to force defenses to like commit to certain plays, uh, like to certain like defensive styles and get their guys in open space is so much different and so much more advanced that I think if you were like, like I'm the lesser of two evils and how you run is absolutely in favor of a team like San Francisco. Uh, but to me, that is still probably not the recipe to keep up with this, uh, this chief's offense. So I, like, I, I just think when you look at these two teams, they are incredibly polar opposites and I'm almost always going to lean on the side of offense on the side of quarterback and like Jimmy Garoppolo is fine, but I don't even think like, uh, I think there are a lot of better quarterbacks in the playoffs I'd be much more inclined if I thought he had even like it's anywhere in the realm of the ceiling of a guy like Patrick Mahomes. And I just he doesn't. And there are a few quarterbacks that does, but he's absolutely not one of them. Right. The the That's what scares me about the 49ers. Like, I, I know that they won a shootout game against New Orleans, but I still think that the formula for them winning this game is, you know, to run the ball and to win in the trenches like they've done all season. Like. Kansas City has multiple ways to win this game. Like if they, uh, they've already proven they can come back from a deficit. So like if San Francisco does jump out to an early lead, Kansas City is, should have no fear that they can make a comeback in this game. Uh, but on the other side, like if Kansas City jumps out to a 14 point lead. Dude, that's it. It ain't, it, I, I am, I would struggle to see how they both continue to stop that you like to to come back you have to put up some stops and you have to also score points and will that happen in Jimmy Garoppolo man I I don't see that yeah I mean Garoppolo is still very much unproven I know he's made it to the Super Bowl now San Francisco had a great year uh and they were actually in terms of DVOA they were better passing offense than running offense this year but he still has yet to have to win a game for them you know what I'm saying like and that this could be the week for that and I'm just not sure if I'm ready to believe that that happens. So I'm going to be taking the Kansas City Chiefs here. Another little wrinkle that I like, Andy Reid, uh, not the greatest playoff record in the world, but Andy Reid with extra time to prepare is 16-9 and against the spread in his career. You know, regular season coming off of a bye, ending the playoffs with a bye. Uh, Kyle Shanahan just 2-4 and four in that situation. You know, much smaller sample size, obviously, but... You know, Andy Reid is somebody that we consider like one of the best coaches in the league, and and that's reflected with his spread record. So I like the odds of him drawing up some stuff that can beat this 49ers defense this week. You know, I'm not entirely confident. I love Kyle Shanahan, don't get me wrong, but like, what's the wrinkle for San Francisco? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's what do they do differently given the extra time? Like, we know that they're going to try and run the ball play action, stuff like that. But like, what is the X factor for them? I just don't see it. Uh, but I think Andy Reid, if you give him that time, he'll have some gadget plays and stuff worked up uh, to take advantage of a really good defense. Yeah, they just, I, I mean, it does kind of make sense, especially with the way they're built. They just have everywhere you look, they have playmakers from Damian Williams, who I think has been like uh, a, a fine rusher, but underrated on how he's used out of the backfield. McCole Hardman. I mean, they even had like the the Travis Kelsey lining up under under center. I guess not under center as much. He wasn't shotgun. Like they have like they have wrinkles on wrinkles. There are raisin. There there are a handful of raisins in an old old man's hand. And uh, I just don't know if San Francisco has anything to put them over the top. So it sounds like we're both in favor of Chiefs and uh, probably waiting, but in favor of a higher under. Yeah, and uh, one other thing I want to point out here, and this goes back to the total, but. Bill Vinovich, Vinovich is going to be the uh, the head ref in this contest, which is interesting because he was the head ref in that Rams Saints playoff game last year. That you know the one with like the worst non called pass interference <laughs> in the history of football. The one that led to like a whole series of rule changes for this year. Yeah, that guy. He's going to be uh, back, you know, on the sidelines for this game or working the game, I should say. And uh, he is a historically a very good under ref. So the under in Vinovich games is historically 58, 43, and 1 against the spread, which is 57%. 
and uh, 31 and 18 over the past three seasons. That's 63%. Uh, Vinovich is not as uh, trigger happy as some of his counterparts in terms of throwing flags. You know, big surprise there. But there has been 17.8% fewer penalty yardage in Vinovich games compared to other games over the past three seasons. So just a little bit more, uh, you know, meat on the bone if, you, if you're if you looking to bet an under, like it sounds like me and Kyle are. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. He's a CPA certified public accountant. He's very fiscally responsible. He's probably not going to let both these teams hit the, you know, the crazy 30s, 40s. Um, and yes, I did just learn that by going on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem right there. Maybe we should have uh, guys that weren't CPAs refereeing the Super Bowl. We need a guy who's like a groupie for like, he was like, oh, he's an NWA groupie. No, I need a guy who's been in ref school since he was like six years old. You know, like he can barely, he can barely do multiplication, but that guy knows pass interference when he sees it. That's That's what I, that's what I'd like. Yeah. Yeah. And give him a real strong arm so he can fire off flags. (laughs) All right, before we move on to the prop bets and some other fun stuff here, I want to take a second to talk about our friends over at MyBookie. Uh, If you are looking to get in on the action for the Super Bowl, and you should be, there's literally something for everybody out there. MyBookie is the place to go. It's got literally pages upon pages of prop bets. It will take you hours to go through them all. I, you know, that's why we're here to steer you into the direction of the ones that we feel are the best. But literally, there's going to be something out there for everyone. If you want to bet on the national anthem, they have it. You want to bet on the coin toss, they have it. You want to bet on, you know, the Gatorade color prop, they have it. Whatever you want to bet, you can find it over at my bookie. And if you join right now, they're going to match your deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. Once again, promo code ROTOVIZ to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. MyBookie, you play, you win, and you get paid. All right. Prop bets. This is what this show is all about, Kyle. And we're going to start with the National Anthem. It's the first thing that you can bet on, I believe, in this game. So naturally, we're going to touch on it. If you want to just bet the National Anthem, get your gambling you know, out of the way and uh, dial in for some football and snacks and beers and stuff, you can do it by betting on the National Anthem. Right now, the line is set at 123.5. So that's just over two minutes. How this works is they grade from the first note to the conclusion of the word brave. All right. No discrepancies here. First note, conclusion of the word brave. So Kyle, do you have any thoughts for me on the national anthem? I mean, like one of the most iconic national anthem performances was entirely not because, I mean, at least in my mind, not because of the actual performance, but because of the double brave. Was that, was that Lady Gaga a few years ago? Oh, yeah, it, was, it was like a triple brave even. Oh man, that was, and I was like, you know, I'm in a room with my friends and if if they're my friends, they're degenerate gamblers. So there was money invested in that and it was an exciting time. It made for a great pregame. I believe, I believe uh, Demi Lovato has gone under two minutes and four seconds in four of her past six national anthems. Those date back years though. So I don't really have a strong lean, but I guess if we're picking everything, give me the under. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Ian Hartitz. He has done some work (laughs) digging on this. Uh, it looks like, like you said, she was at two minutes and 12 seconds the last time she sung, which was the, uh, or at least the last documented filmed time, which was uh, the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather fight. She was at two minutes and 12 seconds. Under than that, she's been sub two seconds or uh, two minutes. So maybe she's getting a little longer, you know, uh, certainly like I, I think the stage, she might be looking to milk it a little bit more. I'm taking the over. A little bit of a contrarian overplay here. I think she's going to milk it. But the best thing about this prop is almost every year there is somebody who is there for the rehearsals and they time them. So if you're paying attention to Twitter and you're, you know, I, I'm obviously a little bit plugged in. I've got the, uh, you know, the Action Network Slack, which talk about a room full of degenerates. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the definition of the Action Network slap. But if you pay attention, you can get a little insider info on this. So I'm, I'm taking the over for now. 
but I will be, uh, you know, eyes glued to the Twitter machine trying to find some inside information. Yeah, actually, what I was referencing, it wasn't her. It was of the past six Super Bowls. Two of these six have gone over that mark. And uh, they were the two most recent, so maybe we're getting a trend in Super Bowl performances. But uh, on to our next one, one I'm sure you'll have a lot of money on. Heads or tails? Listen, I used to say that this was like the biggest sucker bet in Vegas. They've changed the juice now. It's down to minus 101. That's basically fair odds, right? You know, like, I mean, if this was truly a 50-50 proposition, which it is, you would expect to have a plus 100 uh, money line. So you're really only laying one cent of juice. Like, that's better than basically every game you're going to find in the casino. You know, with the exception being, or even being uh, red or black at, like, the roulette table is going to be worse odds than this because they have the green square in there. You know what I'm saying? So, like, this has gone from a bad bet to one that, you know, you're not going to have an edge in, obviously, but... It's I would argue it's worth, I will pay one cent of juice for good entertainment. And this is good entertainment. Yeah, if you just want to gamble, if you're looking to have fun, I now think that this prop is bettable. And I think that it's been something like eight tails in a row. So I don't know uh, if that jades your opinion at all. Do you think we get a ninth tails in a row? Or does head start to, uh, you know, to start to make the little bit of a comeback here? No, I mean, I, I've said this since, I don't know, man, since... I'd say in my top 10 words I ever learned were tails never and fails. And I'll stick by that probably till the day I die. And I mean, clearly the, the analytics of this have panned out uh, pretty convincingly over the past eight games. I'll, I'll take ninth. I'll take Very ninth fair. in a row for sure. I did see that uh, tails is getting the majority of the bets. So uh, most people believe, like you, that tails never fails. Uh, would, would I put it past Vegas calling in and getting a weighted coin for heads? I would not put it past them. So I'm taking uh, the contrarian heads play and uh, hoping that maybe something a little shady goes on. You know what I'm saying? Let's Vegas was built on the mob. Let's get some shadiness going. There you go. I like that. All right. MVP. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is minus 110. Jimmy Garoppolo is plus 275. Raheem Mostert is 6 to 1. Everybody else is 13 to 1 or greater. So anybody standing out to he- uh, standing out to you here as far as the MVP of the game. Yeah, so let me pull them up, because the guys I'm actually interested in would be on the, if you think the 49ers are going to win, I don't think they do, so I probably, I, I don't see any any universe in which a team, uh, a player does not win the Super Bowl and wins the MVP. I don't think it's very likely. I would not be betting on it. So uh, for that reason, I probably won't have much uh, invest in the 49ers. But I do like, I mean, I think as far as, George Kittle's contribution to the offense goes, uh, as far as tight ends go, he is the number two in terms of dominator rating and is in his uh, of his team this year. I think that's a uh, combined receptions and yardage, or maybe it's touchdowns. But either way, like as far as tight ends go, nobody, almost nobody gets more of their offense. So if they're going to compete with the Chiefs, he's a guy who essentially has to be involved. I think he's in that plus like 2K range. So um, I can pull it up real quick. But yeah, like at those odds, especially if you think the 49ers are going to win, I think that's uh, that's really good odds. Uh, plus thirteen hundred. So yeah, I think that's uh, very favorable. If you think the 49ers are going to win, I don't. So I wouldn't have a large position on this. But I think that's probably the one side of the 49ers I would go. On the other side, I, I struggle to see how anybody other than Mahomes gets it. But I do think if we get like like the Kelsey triple touchdown game at twenty two hundred and Tyreek Hill at, at uh, plus two two thousand, those are are reasonable. Anything else, I'm not really interested in. I'll tell you what bet you definitely should not make, and that is Raheem Mostert. A little bit of trivia for you here. Do you know who the last Super Bowl MVP was that was a running back? No, and I know we haven't had – I don't think we've had one in the past 15 years. Was it it the the guy for the Broncos? Terrell Davis back in Super Bowl 32. So I I get the narrative, right? Like, oh, uh, if San Francisco wins – you know, Jimmy G isn't a lock to win the MVP, but I think it's more likely than that, uh, you know, somebody in the passing game or somebody on the defense wins the award than a running back. Like, we just haven't seen that. But I was um, right about the guy from the Broncos, right? <laughs> you were right. I told you. Yes, I couldn't have gotten you his name, <laughs> but I looked Davis. this up. Um, I- I'm looking at these odds, and they remind me a lot of the Super Bowl just two years ago when it was uh, Nick Foles versus Tom Brady. 
you know, Brady's odds were basically in line with the money line for the Patriots, but Foles was a pretty considerable underdog compared to what the money line for the Eagles were. So I do think that there's a formula where the 49ers win this game and Jimmy G isn't the MVP. But I also think that if the 49ers win this game, Jimmy G wins it more than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that if you like the 49ers to win the game, a little sprinkle on Jimmy G makes a lot of sense. I know we've seen a lot. uh, We've probably seen more non-quarterbacks recently than you would remember. Uh, Only three of the past six Super Bowl MVPs have been QBs. Uh, You know, we've had two linebackers and one wide receiver over that time frame. But for the most part, this is a this is an award that the quarterback dominates. So I kind of like Jimmy G at plus 275. I think that makes sense. Mahomes, I think, is literally like a no lever, like a, a no win bet, right? Like if you're going to bet Mahomes at minus 110 to win the MVP, just bet the Chiefs to win the game on the money line or t- or the point or whatever. Yeah, the minus the the money line is only minus 125 on the Chiefs. Like I don't think that uh like what the 15 cents of juice or whatever is nearly worth like the odds that a guy like Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill comes up and wins it. Absolutely. That's what I was pulling up is just bet the Chiefs money line for sure. Yeah. All right, first touchdown scorer. Uh they also have odds for last touchdown that should be pretty similar, but Raheem Mostert is the favorite at plus 450. I guess that will happen when you score you know, three touchdowns in your last game. Damian Williams is six to one. Tyreek Hill is seven to one. George Kel- uh, Kittle and Travis Kelsey are eight to one. Debo is 10 to one. And then everybody else is 12 to one or better. I typically don't like these bets. I never think you get, uh, you know, good enough odds on them. But if you had to take it, what's somebody that you're interested in? Yeah, I heard this on uh, the Bet the Process podcast, but the running backs actually have a higher chance of scoring uh, the first score than like, you know, on the league average touchdown percentage for running backs. Uh, So I don't mind Damian Williams at plus 600, especially because he has multiple avenues. He just doesn't have to only rush to get there. I don't think we're going to see Raheem Mostert receiving touchdown, whereas Damian Williams, it's very possible. So I would probably take him as the, I guess, the second to favorite. But I still think he's probably, um, like, one, I just want Chiefs here because they're more likely to score touchdowns, I think. Yeah. And two, uh, Damian Williams is so involved in scoring that it'd be, like, him and maybe Kelsey at 8-1. to one. Outside of that, though, I do kind of agree. When you get these just large swaths of players, uh, they generally get a lot of juice put into these. Right, like Kendrick Bourne is 12-1 yeah, to, to score the down first at these touchdown. Guys. Like, yeah, to me, I think you want to stay at the top end of the swimming pool here. I know it's appealing to look for a long shot, but I just don't think you're getting fair value on any of those guys. So I agree. I like Damian the most at 6-1. to one. Uh, If I was going to take somebody on the San Fran side, I would take Tevin Coleman, actually, at 16-1. to one. I think that, you know, that last game for Mostert has vaulted his stock, obviously, as it deserves to be. He's been amazing all season. But most of that damage was done with Tevin Coleman hurt. You know, is there a scenario where Coleman is back in the rotation here? I think 100%. You know, so like uh, maybe uh, Mostert rips off a couple of big runs and they have to take him out. Coleman comes in. Maybe they just prefer Coleman as the goal line back. I don't know. But I think that 16 to 1 is better to me than than four and a half to one with Mostert. All right, some rapid fire matchup bets here. We've got Patrick Mahomes passing yards minus 65 and a half versus Jimmy G passing yards. You have to lay minus 120 with Mahomes. You have a feel for this one. I don't think there's a strong lean, but I guess I would take uh, Garoppolo. I think in terms of like just looking across, like I, I mean, it'd be DFS projections. This is the the minus sixty five and a half. It is pretty much roughly in line with what their projections would say they should be. So if I have to pick, I'll take with the the less juice. And also, uh, I do think that you know if I'm betting the Chiefs to uh, take a lead, I think we get a very above average performance in terms of raw counting numbers by at least from Jimmy Garoppolo and the receiving weapons on his team. So actually, I think a lot of their props are decent uh, betting on the overs. So I'd probably take Garoppolo here, but I don't think I have a strong lean on this one. Yeah, uh, right now I'm looking at the projections from Sean Corner, who is, you know, an absolute stud when it comes to projections. He has Mahomes with 58 
uh, more yards than Garoppolo. So I think that's enough that you can take Jimmy. That's G. actually, yeah, that's a decent yeah. bet then. I actually kind of would have guessed it been just a little bit closer. That's a decent bet. Yeah, I, I kind of like the Jimmy G, given that you're getting that at, at slightly reduced odds. You know, the typical juice on these props is going to be minus 115. So when when Mahomes is minus 120, Garoppolo is minus 110, uh, and vice versa. So uh, next up, Raheem Mostert rushing yards, minus 28.5 versus Damian Williams rushing yards. This one's interesting. Uh, all the Damien. Just give me all the Damien. Like, I get that, uh, like, Mostert, like, they are going to try and focus more on getting Mostert the, the ball than uh, the Chiefs are going to focus on getting Damien the ball. But, like, I, I actually think, uh, like, I kind of like the, the Chiefs, like, I'd be interested in betting, like, alternate money lines. I think I'll take them, I don't want to say super confidently because these are both great teams, but I think they're going to win. And I think if they're up, that leads to Damian Williams rushing. And more importantly, I believe it leads to less uh, less Mostert rushing. And, like, Damian Williams is a super playmaker. Like, they, it's probably easy for him because they have such an electric offense to have all these open lanes. Like, I think, uh, like, I'll be talking about Damian Williams as one of my favorite props later, but this is another really good one, especially with the 28 and a half. That's a, a wide discrepancy. And like you said, if... Uh, Tevin Coleman is physically able to play. They're going to shoot him up full of a bunch of awful painkillers, and he is going to be out there. And whenever he's out there, it limits most. Or, like, I think he went on a stretch of five games where he never topped 14 carries. Like, that's not a lot. That's very much in line with what we could expect from Williams, who has gotten zero competition from his backfield. Absolutely none. Over the past three games, McCoy has played. Like, you don't count him in terms of touches, in terms of carries, you count him in terms of snaps played. And that's one, because he's been inactive for at least one of those games. And uh, Darwin Thompson has... I believe uh, five carries and, and I guess one catch if, if you're interested in that. So absolutely, I would be taking Damian Williams here. Yeah, I think Mostert probably has the higher ceiling, you know, like if everything breaks right for him. Like if I had to bet on one of these guys to go over 100 yards, I would lay some juice with with Mostert. But I think the median expectation, like you've been saying, is, is pretty similar. Uh, it really just because... Mostert has so much more competition for carries in the backfield. You know, like Brita and Coleman will both get carries, even if uh, Mostert has earned a larger share of the rushing pie. Like those guys still exist. And on the Chiefs side, it's it's no competition for Damian Williams. So like right now, Sean Corner only has Mostert projected for two additional carries. So even if you think he's a little bit more efficient on the ground, that still, I think, is is too big of a spread with the Mostert yards. I, I will happily take Damian Williams here. Uh, and then last up, we've got, you can take either Kansas City guy. You can get Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, minus one and a half yards, receiving yards, versus George Kittle. Uh, the only thing is, if you want Kelsey, it's minus 120. All the other uh, guys are going to be minus 115 or minus 110 for Kittle if you take him specifically against Kelsey. Yeah, I won't. Uh, I won't jump in on this too much because we literally talked about basically the same thing with uh, uh, Garoppolo Mahomes. But yeah, Kittle for me for the same reasons we talked about with Garoppolo Mahomes and Kittle is also going to almost assuredly have a larger market share of whatever his team produces. So if I think I would take like a similar Garoppolo versus Mahomes stand, I'm going to take it with uh, Kittle versus either Kelsey or Hill. I'd, I'd take it with either one, uh, especially given what I think uh, you'll see a lot of, or at least a decent amount of Kelsey and Hill eating into each other and their ancillary pieces that you're just not going to see with uh, the 49ers. Yeah, Kittle for me here. I think I'm going with the Chiefs, guys. Uh, I I think my preference would be Tyreek just because I know he's capable of ripping off, you know, like a a long one. But I think both guys, you know, we're expecting the 49ers to pass for more yards, even if, you know, the concentration isn't as, uh, you know, like even if Kittle has less competition for targets, we have still seen plenty of games where George Kittle has been, you know, more effective as a blocker than he has been as a pass catcher. So I think that, you know, there are, are formulas where San Francisco plays their style of football and they just don't have to throw as much as expected. I think there's a formula where the Chiefs pass for 400 yards. I think, you know, Tyree Kill could rip off an 80-yard touchdown. Like, to me, there's plenty of, of ways for the Chiefs guys to get there and the formula for Kittle is a little bit more dicey. So give me the uh, the Chiefs guys on this prop. All right. Uh, do you have anything that you want to throw in before we get into our favorite props of the slate? 
Yeah, we're going to each go back and forth through three props. Uh, we'll each have three props, but uh, three is just not enough to contain my love for props. So I thought I'd throw out a few more. Uh, I, yeah, I throw out a few more. Uh, Kittle over 68 and a half, but my bookie has it juiced at like minus 195. He averaged, well, I think he averaged like 71 uh, in the regular season. And then they killed their two, uh, their two opponents in the postseason and he did nothing. So I think that's good, but I would maybe line shop that one at least for the, the crazy amount of juice on the over. Um, man, the, the field goal stuff on my bookie, like a uh, minus 400 Harrison Bucker does not win a field goal. I believe that is like, uh, if you just project the, the probability of that hitting based on minus 400, it's like, it's around, uh, let me pull it up. But basically all of the field goal odds, cause there are odds to not miss a field goal. There are odds to not miss an extra point are just, uh, heavily in favor of these kickers going perfect. Because I think we saw this, we've seen it many years in a row with um, there will not be a safety. People just don't conceptualize how how incredibly infrequent, and uh, I believe um, onside kick attempt is another one, that people just don't conceptualize how incredibly infrequent it is that these events happen. And also they probably just want them to happen because they're cool. So they bet heavily on the yes that these things happen, but they, they don't happen very often. And it seems like the same thing is for uh, kicker. So literally all of the kicker bets, except maybe one that was kind of close, was Robbie Gold uh, field goals? He's not a super accurate field goal kicker because he misses from long a decent bit. So Harrison Butker minus four hundred to not miss a field goal is my favorite. Uh, but I, they're honestly like uh, basically all of them except for Robbie Gold doesn't miss a field goal. So Harrison Butker doesn't miss a field goal, doesn't miss an extra point, and Robbie Gold doesn't miss an extra point are just all like heavily weighted towards them. Uh, like the the values on taking them not missing these. So yeah, I can pull it up here at least for Butker. Uh, extra points he's made at 93.8% of them this year and field goals he's made 89.5% of them. And I think minus 400 is right around uh, like 80% odds. So you're just getting a lot exactly of value. By 80%. Yeah. yeah. I, I prefer the not missing a field goal versus not missing an extra point. I think there are more extra points missed than people realize. Um, you know, like, and if you take both kickers kicking, like, let's say this is a high scoring game and we have, you know, eight to 10 extra point attempts, like the odds of having one missed are probably better than people realize. So that's, yeah, that's actually when I was thinking about this, I'm glad you brought that. It's another thing. I think it is very possible that we see like one to two attempts from Butker because they're scoring a ton of touchdowns. Uh, so that just like, it lowers your chances, your iterations to have a negative outcome, which is right. obviously what you want to avoid. Uh, whereas extra points, although obviously they are made at a higher rate than field goals, we could just get a lot of extra points. So it's, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that and didn't mention it. And I do um, think that in a lot of those like fourth down situations where it's like, should we kick a field goal? Should we go for it? I think we have two aggressive coaches here. Yep that are going to keep their offenses on the field versus letting their kickers try, you know, 50 plus yarders. Yeah. That's why I don't even mind. Uh, that's exactly why I don't even mind the Robbie gold will not miss a field goal because although he, I think he's like, Oh, four from like 50 and beyond. I don't think, I think this would be a game where these coaches are inclined to be so aggressive that I don't think they would really uh, send him out there for a field goal. He's not likely to make. And inside of that, he's, he's pretty automatic. So all, like all the kicker stuff, but especially the field goals, minus 400. And I think because he was uh, less automatic from deep, Robbie Gold's minus 350. Both of those I find to be very valuable bets. Uh, I have this listed as really stupid stuff. Mahomes will not dislocate his knee, minus uh, 3,000. Will there be a double doink? Speaking of field goals, minus 2,000. And will an animal appear on the field, minus 1,000? <laughs> I will take all of those uh, because, like— like it's just what I talked about. Like, like name another player to dislocate their knee. Like, a, a name two. Name, they'll call it name three times. There's been a double doink that you can ever remember watching decades of football. Like these things don't happen. Like they never happen. They literally never happen. It's just they literally post them because they know they're gonna get fish betting on the yes because it happened once this year. I want a specific list of what animals are classified as animals. Okay, so they, they post this. Birds don't count. Birds don't count, which is great. Okay. <laughs> they had in parentheses, uh, on my bookie, birds don't count because that would kind of skew it. Because and it's, Is it on the field or did it just fly over the field? Birds right. will not be counted regardless of what happens. I mean, people are animals too, somewhat. Well, that's so. kind of a different bet, which I didn't list here, is will there be anybody that runs on the field? Yeah, now all those things where the juice is skewed heavily towards like the obvious side, you can make a case that those are good bets because they know that they're not going to take very much action on these. Like this safety bet is always out of whack. 
You know, it's something like, uh, I think if you bet no on will there be a safety, it's minus 900, where the true odds of a safety in a game are something closer to, like, minus 1,200. So, like, these are all good bets if you want to, you know, put a bunch of money on the line to not win a ton. But Yeah, put a bunch of money on these and get, like, one extra beer to celebrate the Chiefs winning. <laughs> hey, money is money. So yeah. if you have the bankroll, I, I, I agree, put it to use on, on these. All right, let's talk about our favorite props of the game. We're going to take three each, and we're going to try to have some fun. I'm going to go first. I'm going first game. First pass of the game is going to be a pass play, and I'm going to take that at plus 130 on my bookie. Uh, I, I ran up on sharp football. You can cue like situational run pass rates. So on first down in the first quarter, of scoreless games. I figured that is like a pretty fair simulation of the first play of the game. The league average pass rate is 44%. Uh, San Francisco is unsurprisingly below that. They were at 33%. But Kansas City, unsurprisingly, first in the league at 67% pass rate. So like the way I'm interpreting that is that the Chiefs are so much higher above average than the Niners are below average. So to me, I'm leaning towards the first play being a, a pass, especially considering I can get it at plus 130. Like, I think the odds of the first play being a pass are higher considering Kansas City is involved than they would be for a traditional team. So give me the plus 130. I'm going to dig into this. I just posted on Twitter. So if you know the answer, you know, save me some time where I don't have to go into the film. But... I want to see whether each of these teams has elected to receive or defer if they win. The uh, I know Andy Reid is a defer guy. He likes to get the ball in the second half. I don't know about the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. I know uh, Andy Reid, I think, like, maybe not always, but, like, close to always, is a defer guy. Well, that would be a situation then. If if Andy Reid defers and Kyle Shanahan takes the ball, then we can throw this prop out. But right? if Kyle like, Shanahan is also a defer guy, then it comes back to you saying uh, exactly. you just think, you know, the odds, the Chiefs are above 500 or you know 50 percent more than the 49ers are below so kyle shanahan is kind of the linchpin of this but i I just want the chiefs to have a chance to get the ball first and i think that this is a good bet so i'll investigate if somebody knows the answer and wants to point it out to me on twitter i would be appreciative but i'm going to be digging in here so my first bet i'll just i'll reiterate i out of the three bets that we have or the the really stupid bets i have that are locks to make money aren't going to make you a ton I think double doink. I mean, like Mahomes minus 3,000. Uh, I think it's never going to happen that he dislocates his knee again. I think there's uh, more of a chance than that happens than certain other things. Like, it's a, I mean, what does dislocation, like, if he gets a torn knee, does that count as a dislocated knee? Yeah, like, I'm a little worried about that. Like, that's kind of what I thought about. So I decided to settle on a double doink at minus uh, 2000 because like you said, I just like a parsing these large numbers. It's hard to really say what the true odds of any of them are, but double doing, I felt much better about minus 2000 uh, does not happen than uh, like the dislocated knee or the animal appears on a field. But yeah, there are a handful of bets like this. Like you said, the, the true odds of the safety are like pretty out of whack relative to what you bet on them. The same thing can be said for a lot of other things. So my favorite of these was no double doing. Yeah. Minus 2000 is, just over 95% implied odds that it won't happen. I mean, that should be 99 plus. I was going to say, like, that's probably got to be closer to the odds of hitting an upright straight up. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. All right, my next prop, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes under 32 and a half rushing yards at plus 104. Uh, On my bookie, the line is set at 28 and a half rushing yards, but you can get a pretty tasty plus 170 on that. Um, I prefer the higher number and the lower juice, so shop around a little bit. But I-, I would not be opposed to a little sprinkle on the my bookie line as well. But we know that Mahomes has had big rushing games the last two weeks. He's gone for like 50-plus. But he is not a historically a running quarterback. He's had at least 30 rushing yards in just five of his first 34 career starts, even with two out of his last two going over that number. That still brings his career rate to just 19.4%. Uh, you know, even if you want to factor in that he's running a little bit more now, I still think this line is too high based on what he's done the past two weeks. The 49ers have an extremely athletic defense, especially on the defensive line. 
I think that they are going to do a better job of containing him than Tennessee did last week. So I think that this is a nice spot to sort of leverage recency bias, take the under on Mahomes rushing yards. Yeah, this is actually a, a really good bet. I, I second this. I think I'd take the, the plus 170 under 28 and a half. I don't think the four yards uh, are worth that major discrepancy, but both are good bets. I'm glad you brought this one up. I think this is one of the better bets, uh, the better prop bets you'll find, because I do think it's so recency bias laden. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, my next bet I have is Nicole Hardman almost playing into the recency bias. McCall Hardman over 20.5 receiving yards, uh, mostly because I think he really needs like one target. He, he only needs at a minimum, maybe one target to get it done. But I think he's very much in play to see more than one target. Last game he played, he was in on 40% of snaps, ran 21 routes uh, for more than Demarcus Robinson, which does not uh, typically happen for him. I think it's only happened a few times this year. Uh, it was his most snaps and routes since week 11. And like the dude is just a, a miniature Tyreek Hill. If he's going to be on the field that much running that many routes while Patrick Holmes is under center, I think uh, like his efficiency is, is going to get him there alone on, like I said, one to two targets. And because this is supposed to be a bit of a back and forth shootout, there are a lot of plays, a lot of iterations for that to happen. So uh, I think the McCole Hardman trending in the right direction, I'll take over 20 and a half receiving yards. Fun fact on Mikol Hardman, he had the fastest top speed of any player on a receiving touchdown this season. So that's not worth anything, but it just goes to show you the kind of game-breaking ability that the dude has and how he can take one catch and easily get you the over. So I, I agree. I, I like that as well. My last prop, uh, I'm taking purple on the Gatorade shower color. Purple has been pounded. Okay, it opened up at plus 1,000. It's now down to minus 125 on my bookie. You can find it uh, still in the plus ranges at certain places, but I smell a fish, Kyle. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason that these lines would move that much unless they have a feeling. So I I think somebody knows something. Maybe both of these teams drink purple Gatorade, but don't be surprised if the winning coach gets showered in some purple uh, on Sunday. I will tell you my least favorite color is, um, I don't know where I saw this, but it was, uh, my least favorite color is red because trainers don't want uh, red Gatorade spilled on white jerseys and making it look like there's blood anywhere. Like it just makes their job uh, 0.5% harder to- I did uh, see, that's interesting you say that. I did see that no Super Bowl winner in in the past 20 years has dumped red Gatorade. Yet for some reason it's the favorite. So- Wow, that's great. That's very good inside information there, Kyle. I appreciate it. I think that makes a lot of sense now. Let's cross red off. Yeah, absolutely cross red off. Uh, Yeah, if you can find it, like this is maybe the most important one to shop. Of all the numbers you can find, maybe the most important one to shop. Because yeah, uh, purple opened at plus 1,000 because it's just a random color that doesn't get dumped apparently. Uh, Delicious flavor though. Delicious flavor at Gatorade. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Uh, Trying to think, there's I don't I don't like orange. I'm not a big orange fan. I'm a yellow like, man, but uh, oh, oh yeah, oh yellow all the way, baby. Glad I love said, like the uh, the purple. Like it used to be like glacier freeze, glacial uh, freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a close second for me. So I, I can get behind purple uh, as a beverage. Glacial freeze, both a great uh, flavor of Gatorade and probably a good deodorant, I would imagine. My <laughs> final bet, my final bet is uh, Damian Williams over 81 and a half scrimmage yards. Uh, he's done this in, I believe, five of the past six games that he has played to uh, two conclusions. He did get injured once. And uh, like I talked about before, the, the amount they use him is just uh, like relative to the other backs is nearly 100 percent like he doesn't hardly come off the field for plays where they're getting it to the running back. I think Darwin sees like a decent amount of snaps, but they're kind of a pointless snaps because he doesn't get the ball much. So, and he just the, like both Damian Williams average and his median have him hitting the over on 81 and a half so much. And I think that's one of, uh, I mean, I put it at one. It's my favorite bet of the Super Bowl. All right, let's move on to our pick of the week. Uh, the, my bookie bookie pick of the week. I'm almost embarrassed to bring this up, but I, I will lean on it, and I think it's important to uh, to preach this to the people. I was 0-2 last week. You were 1-1. One one. You did hit your pick of the week, at least. So I am now 2-8 and eight for the playoffs, 1-2 and two on my pick of the week. You are 4-6, and six, also 1-2 and two on your pick of the week. But I know we just had a whole show where we went through and gave out like a million different bets. If you are taking betting seriously, you need to treat the Super Bowl like just another game. 
Uh, I have really struggled during the playoffs after lighting it up during the regular season. And I think part of the reason why is I'm picking every single game. You know, like that is bad process. You need to pick the ones that you are most comfortable with. And if you don't like a side or you don't like a total in this game, stay away. Bet some props that you find valuable. Or, you know, just put a sprinkle on the game to give yourself something to root for. Like, you don't have to bet this game because it's the Super Bowl. So, I understand that it's not as fun and that, you know, that advice is probably going to go right in one ear and out one ear for another, uh, for most people. But I do feel like it's something that I like to say each year just as a little caveat. So, uh, Kyle, what's your pick of the week here? On the, on the side or total? On the side or total, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs one and a half. All right. I'm right there with you. Chiefs one and a half. Maybe the under, uh, again, depending on the weather situation. But right now, it's Chiefs one and a half. Yeah, I've got a feeling by the time the line closes, I will feel good about the under. Because I think we'll probably see it hit like 55 and a half. Uh, I mean, I know it's almost there or there. At I've some seen it there at certain places. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, we could get upwards of like fifty-six at that point. Yeah, I'd be, I'd feel pretty pretty good about the under. But as of right now, I'll take the Chiefs. All right, Kyle, it's been a pleasure working with you this season, my friend. Uh, I hope that uh, you know you have nothing but success until the next time I speak to you. You know whether or not you're betting on the XFL, college oh, yeah. basketball, oh, oh, yeah. pro, you know, Pro Bowl, I'm, whatever I'm it may XFL. be. I, the XFL, XFL sounds fun, man. I'm 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 right there with you. I'm a little bit excited. I like we've already got like kind of a degenerate Twitter circle going. Like Ian, you know, you reference this article of Roto World. Ian uh, already covering the XFL. Oh, Established well, the run has picked up somebody for the XFL, and they'll be covering it. I'll be following it. It's going to be exciting. Uh, but like like you said, I, I will reiterate. I don't feel great about taking the Chiefs one and a half. I do feel really good about some of my props. And like, why wouldn't you want to sweat props, especially when you can get the little the little rush of getting a prop like every quarter or, you know, however often you'll be hitting your prop. So that's where my money will be focused, because like you said, like I felt good about a lot of bets we made in the regular season. I don't feel nearly as confident about the Chiefs. 49ers are a damn good team, uh, but Damian Williams is definitely hitting this over. So excellent caveat, my friend Uh, for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle tweets here. I'm Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in and have a great Super Bowl.